to retrieve his keys, his phone, or his sunglasses, or to ask a quick question. When I am sure he is gone, I turn back to Charlotte. I half expect to see her eyelids flutter or her fingers twitch, some sign that she realises what I am about to say. But nothing has changed. She is still asleep. The doctors have no idea when, or even if, Charlotte will ever wake up. She's been subjected to a whole battery of tests, CAT scans, MRIs, the works, with more to come, and her brain function appears normal. There's no medical reason why she shouldn't come round. Darling, I take Charlotte's diary out of my handbag, fumble it open and turn to the page I've already memorised. Please don't be angry with me, but... I glance at my daughter to monitor her expression. I found your diary when I was tidying your room yesterday. Nothing. Not a sound. Not a flicker. Not a tick. Or a twinge. And the heart monitor continues its relentless bleep, bleep, bleeping. It is a lie, of course, the confession about finding her diary. I found it years ago when I was changing her sheets. She'd hidden it under her mattress, exactly where I'd hidden my own teenage journal so many years before. I didn't read it, though, back then. I had no reason to. Yesterday, I did. In the last entry, I say, pausing to lick my lips, my mouth suddenly dry, you mention a secret. Charlotte says nothing. You said it was killing you. Bleep, bleep, bleep. Is that why? Bleep, bleep, bleep. You stepped in front of the bus. Still nothing. Brian calls what happened an accident and has invented several theories to support this belief. She saw a friend on the other side of the street and didn't look both ways as she ran across the road. She tried to help an injured animal. She stumbled and tripped when she was texting. Or maybe she was just in her own little world and didn't look where she was walking. Plausible, all of them. Apart from the fact the bus driver told the police, she caught his eye, then deliberately stepped into the road, straight into his path. Brian thinks he's lying, covering his own back because he'll lose his job if he gets convicted of dangerous driving. I don't. Yesterday, when Brian was at work and I was on bedwatch, I asked the doctor if she had carried out a pregnancy test on Charlotte. She looked at me suspiciously and asked why, did I have any reason to think she might be? I replied that I didn't know, but I thought it might explain a thing or two. I waited as she checked the notes. No, she said. She wasn't. Charlotte. I shuffle my chair forward so it's pressed up against the bed and wrap my fingers around my daughter's. Nothing you say or do could ever stop me from loving you. You can tell me anything. Anything at all. Charlotte says nothing. It doesn't matter if it's about you, one of your friends, me, or your dad. I pause. Is the secret something to do with your dad?
Squeeze my fingers if it is. I hold my breath, praying she doesn't. Friday, 2nd September, 1990. It's 5.41am and I'm sitting in the living room, glass of red in one hand, a cigarette in the other, wondering if the last eight hours of my life really happened. I finally rang James on Wednesday evening, after an hour's worth of abortive attempts and several glasses of wine. The phone rang and rang, and I started to think that maybe he was out, when it suddenly stopped. Hello? I could barely say hello back, I was so nervous, but then... Susan, is that you? Gosh, you actually called. His voice...